Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast, where we discuss films from every genre. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to my Star Wars The Clone Wars television retrospective series. Today I am reviewing Season 3, Episode 1, titled Clone Cadets. Five headstrong clones struggle to complete their training on Kamino. These cadets, Heavy, Cut Up, Joy Debate, Fives, and Echo, seem to be a bad batch and are unable to work as a team. As Shock T and drill instructors Brick and Ellis debate the cadets' fate, the clones learn to work together and accept their destiny as soldiers. The mantra for this episode is, Brothers in arms are brothers for life. Now, of course, this episode is all about being a brother and camaraderie between the clones. I will say this mantra is not as compelling as the other mantras will get. Not all of them are, but that's okay. They don't all need to be. This one fits with the episode. It makes sense. With this episode, we see a return to Kamino, which we first saw in Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Kamino, just for those who may not remember, is where the clones are manufactured and created, and we start right off the bat with an awesome clone training action scene. It's very well done, very well paced. I will continue to praise this series for how they bring action to the small screen and really make that feel big scale. And it's great to see how these clones are trained. I don't think most viewers thought about these clones as having training. Most viewers probably thought they just rolled off the assembly line and were combat ready. But that's not so. We get to see how they're trained not only by Jedi, but the Jedi actually hire bounty hunters, which is a really interesting thing to think about. Considering that bounty hunters have always been seen as bad guys in the Star Wars universe, and we will see more bad bounty hunters throughout the rest of this. But these two bounty hunters are good guys. I remember in episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back, we saw bounty hunters that were utilized by the Empire, and they were all bad. In fact, these clones are made from a bounty hunter's DNA. So it does make sense that they would be trained by another bounty hunter. And we do get a reference to the death of Jango Fett in this episode and how his DNA is being used, how his DNA is actually being stretched to accommodate for the continuation, the production of these clones. And Shakti's wondering if these clones are a bad batch and that's why they're not as performing well because this group that we see is not doing well at all as working as a team. They can't complete the Citadel training simulation. And we actually see these clones in season one. But this story goes back and tells that. Of course, I'm reviewing these in chronological order. So this is the first time I'm introduced to these five different clones. We also get to see how these clones get their nicknames, which is personalizing them. We don't really see any sort of personalization throughout the movies. Sure, we see their armor may be a different color. There may be a different helmet scheme to that. But we don't necessarily see how they are individual and it's great to see that because it makes these clones much more human-like instead of just robotic and we see they are not robotic at all one of the clones even has an iris action i don't know how this clone could have even picked up an iris action since he was in this training facility the whole time they're not they haven't seen any other worlds they haven't seen combat but then again it's just nice to see that he's personal in that way 
Also, these clones are a part of Domino Squad, which is a fitting title since they fall. They make each other fall like dominoes. They all tip each other over like dominoes. And also, I'm really glad to report the animation is much better than the movie. The animation is much smoother. The lips and eyes are much more lifelike with their movements, their texture, and their feel. And I'm thankful to see that it's been three years now since the movie, and I'm glad to know that they have improved that. We're also met with a effective clone whose name is 99. He must have had some sort of mutation when he was created in his gene because he's clearly a hunchback. His skin is degraded. His eyes are kind of messed up. He's clearly different from the other clones, and by the way he's treated, he's clearly an outcast. He is not there for combat. They use him simply to pick up the training simulation room, and he's essentially their janitor. This reminds me of a 300 movie where the hunchback wants to be a part of the Spartans because he technically is one, but he's not a soldier. He can't perform. He's too deformed to do anything, so I'm pretty sure these filmmakers saw the 300 movie and they kind of utilized that but it's still utilized in a different way and he works really well a little later on in the episode we also learn of a hierarchy of troopers and that's really cool to see and it only makes sense since there has to be a hierarchy of troops but it's not something you would normally think about since well they're clones and they all seem like you know they're from the same batch and everything but they're not all produced at the same time. They're produced in different generations. Therefore, certain clones have different experience. And in this episode, we see clones have different skills. They're more lifelike. They're more, they're prone to accidents. Some work better than others. And these ARC troopers are awesome. The ARC troopers are the best of the best. They would be compared to our nation's SEAL Team 6 or Special Forces or Green Beret, something like that. Sadly, ARC troopers are not utilized at all in the films. It's very possible we see a glimpse of them uh, in episode 3, but that's after they've already turned bad. Otherwise, ARC troopers are thankfully put into this series we'll see later on, but sadly, we don't get to see them live action. The main ARC trooper we deal with is Commander Colt, and he's of the Rancor Battalion. These ARC Troopers also have really cool colored gear. It's all different. It's all customized. They really stand out. And these clones, you could hear them, they want to aspire to be ARC Troopers. Now, I want to touch on the Rancor Battalion. A Rancor we see for the first time in Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi in the pit of Jabba's Palace. It's a gnarly giant beast, which is just awesomely designed. And we would have seen a Rancor actually in this series we never get to see a rancor in this series but if you own the blu-ray dvd of star wars 2008 film then you can watch a deleted scene that i talked about in the previous podcast where there is a big gnarly looking gamera looking rancor that i felt really should have been kept in the film sadly it wasn't in the theatrical film so we don't get to see that but a rancor is tough it's fearsome it is scary and that's a great choice of naming the the rancor battalion mean meaning they're just scary and you don't want to mess with them commander colt calls out use the thx variant 1138 simulation for the citadel training that's a really kind of cool fun reference 
to uh, George Lucas's created THX uh, sound system, which is actually in every Pixar film because Pixar is in conjunction with the THX. So that's pretty cool to see that used in the film. There, uh, George Lucas also directed a film called THX 1138. It's been a big running theme with all of this stuff. So the THX-1138, for those of you who don't know, this is a little trivia piece. That's actually the name of the classroom where George Lucas and his buddies who use the title still, the reference still, that's where they learned uh, filmmaking and different things like that. It's also really neat to see the older clones mentoring the younger ones. I touched on that a little bit previous in the podcast, but it's really cool to see how they're not all on the same level they're not all the same age i guess you could say age and experience so that's something that's really cool to see how they they look out for each other and they clones mentoring clones it's not really something you think of especially with the word clone you think they would all be the same but they're not and 99 brings up a really great line because everybody's harsh on 99 which you know they shouldn't be but it's just because he's different, so the people that this group, this ragtag group that's not as good, they trash on the guy who's lesser than them. And 99 says, I'm not a failure. How can I be a failure when I never got my chance? And that's a really great line, and that makes sense. That's something really interesting to keep in mind and think about. And 99 offers great advice about leadership, teamwork, and brotherhood. And even though no one cares about him, and Heavy thinks that they're all just numbers. They're all referencing each other. Like Jean Valjean and Les Miserables simply referenced to as a number. But that really takes away the human aspect of them. The personalization of them. But 99 says, no, to me you have a name. To me you're important. You have a number. And that's really important to see these clones develop into their own. That they are important. They're not expendable. They all are unique. In their own way and I'm thankful to see that heavy realizes that also because they call him by his number and he says no the name's heavy and they all come up with their own nicknames in different ways that depict how they came up with those nicknames and the last Citadel test shows how five clones are up against incredible odds and that's cool to see how they have to five clones have to take an entire Citadel of droids and that's to show that they have to pass this test to be the best to fight in the clone wars and it's really crazy odds and it's a crazy test they have to pass but it's cool to see how they have to really overcome these immense odds an impossible situation to graduate and thankfully they do graduate and it is cool to see how they have to move on they have to graduate they're not rolling off the assembly line as automatic fighters. This graduation shows the progression of clones, the maturing of these clones, and I think that's really great to see. And this episode also teaches younger viewers, and even someone like my age, to be nice to those who are different, and you can learn something from them. If you don't give them a chance, you may be missing out on something really great, some really great advice or a learning experience from them. So I do like to see how these episodes incorporate values and lessons that should be applied to daily lives, not just for younger viewers, but even older people too. They have, I mean, it's a great lesson to learn to be kind to others, you know, even if they're different. I also want to compliment the score used in this. 
it felt very much uh, like Band of Brothers, that especially that last trumpet line, we get that here in the episode. So that was really nice to see that touch. Overall, this episode is very well done. It's a high recommend, and I will say it is essential viewing because you miss a lot between episode two and episode three. With this episode, you get to see how the clones grow, how they come into their own, how they are unique, how they're individuals, how they have to learn to work together, and how they have to pass tests to actually be clone fighters. They're not just rolled off the assembly line. I think that's a really unique perspective you don't normally get. So I'm giving this episode four helmets out of five, and I'm actually going to give it a golden helmet because I say this one really is a must-see that everybody should watch to kind of get that full Clone Wars experience and full Star Wars universe experience between episode two and three. Thank you so much for joining me with this episode. I look forward to producing more episodes and getting those out there as I journey through all 121 episodes. Make sure to stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks for listening.